grateful for this morning. We're grateful for your loving kindness towards us. We're grateful for everything that you're doing in our lives. We're grateful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Tell your neighbor beside you, tell him thank you for sitting beside me this morning. You look beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. Revelations in chapter 12, since the beginning of March, we have been looking at um, dealing with satanic accusations. Dealing with satanic accusations and um, we've gone in various dimensions and directions so let's see what um, the Lord will have us look at today okay did you come with your Bible Okay, did you come with your writing material? We are going to write plenty this morning. Praise God. Okay, Revelations and chapter 12. Let's examine that scripture again. Father, we, I submit myself to you to, 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 to be led of you. Speak through me this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that flows forth on hinder in this place by any external force whatsoever. Jesus is glorified. He is lifted up in this place. He shines forth in the heart of every man. For anyone that may be present here that may not know him, Lord, let there be a shining forth into the heart of that person in Jesus' name. We grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, verse 9. Let's read, let's back up a bit this morning <laughs> to verse 7. Let's start from verse 7. It says, um, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not neither was their place found anymore in heaven and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. 
for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Praise God. When we read this scripture, many times, or traditionally, we think it's talking about something that happened in heaven before man was created. But you see, the book of Revelation is what? What did I say it is? Is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And secondly, the book of Revelation is a metaphor. It's not everything that is in the book of Revelation is uh, literal. Okay? That it happened exactly. No. It's usually many of many times it's a, it's a picture of a message. It's a message being given in picture form. Who is a devil in the first place that he can go to heaven and be fighting? <laughs> Hallelujah. There can be no fighting in heaven. God just needs to snap his finger and he's gone. Hallelujah. And now he says, I want to go and start fighting, fighting with God. You know, it's not possible. Hallelujah. And then our God will say, Oh, it's too small a fry. For me to go and waste my energy on. Okay, Michael, you guys go. Okay, so there was, and then they say, you know, Russia, Ukraine, you know, <laughs> you know, and then uh, some, some angels were injured, some were not injured, and then suddenly, after a while, you now pushed him out of the banisters of heaven, and then he fell. Amen. No. Take notes, there is no distance in the spirit. Okay? So it's not that heaven is more very high place, and then he fell 500,000 kilometers down and landed on the earth. Bagam. No. It is a metaphor. So let's try to decode it. When it says that there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Now take note. 
He said, it prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So which means that whatever the battle was, there was a displacement that took place. So in other words, the devil could no longer hold his position. Okay? And the great dragon, now question, who is calling him the great dragon? To whom is he a great dragon? God cannot be the one calling him a great dragon. Hallelujah. He can't be called the great dragon before God. No, God can't call him that. It is only man that can call him great. So his greatness is according to man. So whatever it is he engaged in had to do with man. Follow me. Now, what was it? He says, the great dragon was cast out. Mark chapter 16. In my name, you shall do what? Cast out devils. He was cast out, that old serpent. Why was he called the old serpent? That's in reference to what? Genesis chapter what? Three. In other words, he's saying it's still that same old serpent. That same old serpent that operated in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, but in Genesis chapter 3, he's just referred to as a serpent. His true identity was not revealed in Genesis chapter 3. John now tells us, oh, we know that old serpent. That old serpent is the devil that is Satan. What does that mean? He's the opposer, the adversary. Now, he says he has been cast out, the Satan which deceiveth the whole world. Now, so, the deceit was not in heaven. Hallelujah. So, whatever happened in Genesis in verse 7 and verse 8 couldn't have happened in heaven because the deceit was on earth. Which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So, you see that there is a reference to Genesis chapter 3. It says that, so, that old serpent which deceiveth the whole world. That old serpent, he is called the old serpent because he began in Genesis chapter 3, where we see him. Hallelujah. Follow me, I'm going somewhere. 
So let's see what happened in Genesis chapter 3. He said he was cast out, which means that he could no longer, a time came, he could no longer carry out his device, I mean, his enterprise. He could no longer do what he used to do with ease, with freedom. So what was it? Where was he cast out from? Second Corinthians and chapter 11. Hallelujah. So we see there is a reference to Genesis chapter 3. Whatever happened in Genesis chapter 3. Amen. Glory to God. Took place at the instance of the devil. What, was he, what did he do? Remember the Bible tells us that it was not man that was deceived. I told you that last week. Who was deceived? It was the woman. Talking about Eve. Okay, what happened in the Garden of Eden? It was Eve, the woman that was deceived. So deception, now man, Adam was not deceived. We don't have the time to think about that, I mean to go through that. Adam was not deceived. Adam knew what he was doing. Hallelujah. He deliberately did it. But Eve, the woman, was deceived. Now, look at verse 3. So, whatever the deception brought, hallelujah, whatever that deception brought uh, must have been what the Lord dealt with so that the devil could no longer hold, can no longer hold his position through that deception. How did the devil come in? He came in through deception. And he held a, a position. Verse 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent. Did you see that? There? Who is the serpent there? Come on, who is the serpent there? The devil. Okay. As the serpent beguiled Eve. What's the meaning of beguile? To deceive. So, as the serpent or as the devil deceived Eve through his subtlety, okay, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Hallelujah. So, how did the devil become the great dragon? He became the great dragon in the mind of man. And where did the deception take place? The deception took place in the mind of man. So, where will the casting out take place? In the mind of man. So, when he says in verse 7... Of revelations that we read earlier that he heard a loud voice. Glory to God. Let's look at it. Genesis, sorry, Revelations. And there was war in heaven. So where was the war? The heaven is not talking about where God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said there was war. And the dragon was cast out. Where did it take place? 
in the mind of man, I dare say, back to 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3, I fear, lest the serpent beguiles you like he did to Eve. And what did the, what was the result of the of the deception? His man's mind became corrupted. Man's mind became corrupted. And the devil has not changed in his tactics. How? What? He said he was corrupted from. Praise God. Which means to be corrupted means he was taken away from. He was drawn away from something. The, the, the person's mind, the man's mind was drawn away. Eve's mind was drawn away from something. What was it drawn away from? It was drawn away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Hallelujah. What is the simplicity that is in Christ? When we hear the word simplicity, we say, what comes to our mind generally is what the person is a simple person. He dresses simply. He's not loud. He's, um, you know, he's just a simple person. You know, some of us pride ourselves in being simple. <laughs> but, you know, easygoing. But that is not what the scripture means. Okay? Praise the Lord. That's not what the word simplicity means. Okay? What does it mean? Uh, let's see one scripture. Uh, first, sorry, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Let's see where uh, another place that scripture, that word is used. Praise God. Okay? Talking about ministry, ministry, okay? In verse um, 6, it said, having then Gifts differing according, differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy. According to the proportion of faith. Ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth, let him wait on his teaching. He that exhorts on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Praise God. That word simplicity means liberality. That's actually what the Greek word means. Let him do it with liberality. The person should be lib liberal. When you say somebody is liberal in his giving, it means the person is the person is a lavish giver. The person there is no limits. To the, to, he has his attitude towards giving is limitless. He is bountiful. That word is the word used for, in, in giving in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. He that gives, he said, let him do it. He said, you should give bountifully. That means you should give lavishly. You should be liberal in your giving. In other words, uh, he goes uh, beyond and above board. 
So when he says uh, that uh, your mind, uh, right, uh, the devil comes to corrupt the mind uh, away from the liberality that is in Christ. In other words, uh, hallelujah. Eve's, uh, this is how the devil does his stuff. He causes us to be deceived into thinking that God is not as liberal as he, as he says he is. Remember, he told Eve, he said, oh, what has God said? He said, oh, which one? He said, he, he said, oh, God doesn't want you to eat. He said, the reason why, he said, oh, he knows that the day you eat of it, you will be like him. Hallelujah. In other words, uh, he spoke down on the liberality of God. And Eve bought it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In other words, Eve got another knowledge. She bought into another knowledge uh, different than, from the knowledge of God that God had given to Adam. So, the mind, and he still operates the same way today. He tries to tell us that God is not as liberal as he says he is. And so, he tries, who is, it? Who is, who, who is God? How liberal is God? He, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. How liberal is God? The simplicity. He wants to draw you away. He wants to corrupt our minds. To focus on a God that is not the true God. James chapter 1 verse 5. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and does not find fault. In his giving. In other words, how liberal is God? God is so liberal in his giving, he does not look for fault in you before giving you. Meaning, despite your faults, hallelujah, he does not consider your fault to be before blessing you. In other words, his love is so unconditional, he attaches no condition. Romans 8, how shall he, I mean, he that did not spare his son, how shall he not with him freely? Hallelujah. So, he doesn't look for faults. He he, that, that is how liberal he is. He does not put conditions. Hallelujah. Remember, how liberal is he? The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, quickly. How liberal is he? Look at it. Let's look at it. He said, uh, quickly, quickly, give it to me. 2 Corinthians 5, it says all things are of God. All things are of God. Say all things are of God. All, which are the all things? These things he's talking about. Praise God. These things are of God. That is, they proceed from God. 
This is how God is. This is how he wants to operate. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. What does it mean to reconcile? I told you last week what it means. Reconciling is not, this is not about bringing two enemies together. No. God was never and can never, has never been the enemy of man. Hallelujah. The Bible says uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, it said we were once enemies in our minds. So we were his enemies. He said, uh, he said for God commended his love towards us, that while we, were his, uh, while we were yet his enemies, Christ died for us. Isn't it? So in this reconciliation, he's the one that comes to us and says, yes, you say you are my enemy, but I have come to reconcile, to, to, to bring myself, uh, to become, to bring you into friendship uh, with you, no matter your state. Despite the fact that you say that you are my enemy. So he's the one that initiates it. He initiated it in Christ Jesus. So he says that he reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Next verse. To wait or to know that God was in Christ. Someone say God was in Christ. Reconciling who? Who? The Christian? The believer? No. He says he's reconciling the whole world unto himself. Next verse, I mean, next statement. Not imputing. Not counting. Not counting their trespasses unto them. Another translation says, not counting it against them. Hallelujah. So that is how liberal he is. In other words, he said that, I'm, no wonder, I mean, what's his name? David said in Psalm 32, he said, oh, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord does not count iniquity. So that is how liberal he is. That is how he wants us to know him. That is how much he wants to show himself to us, Ephesians chapter 1 tells us it is according to the riches of his grace. How rich. This is the richness of the goodness of the grace of God. So in, in Revelation chapter 12, the Bible tells us that the, that old dragon has been cast down and now is come salvation. Hallelujah. So, in other words, when you get out of the seat, uh, glory to God, uh, what will you see? The salvation of God. He said, now it's come salvation. Uh, now it's come strength. Uh, now it's come uh, the, 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 the kingdom of our God. What is the kingdom of our God? Righteousness, uh, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, that is the kingdom of God. And he says, uh, now is the power of his Christ. How do we know? For the accuser of our brethren has been what? Cast out. <laughs> Glory to God. So when you come into the knowledge of the liberality of God, what will you see here? You will not see his punishment. You will not see his judgment. What will you see? You will see his salvation. What will you see? You will see his strength. What will you see? You will see the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You will see the demonstration of the power of his Christ. What is 
a demonstration of the power of his Christ. Uh, the accuser has been what? Cast down. In other words, uh, his, his, uh, his secret has been opened. Hallelujah. So he accuses through deception. Well, we now said something last week. Thank you. How liberal is God? To show you how liberal God is, the Bible says that God forgave us in Christ Jesus. If it doesn't count, why does it not count it? It's because uh, the judgment that was meant to be placed on us has been placed on Jesus once and for all. Therefore, the believer will not experience judgment from God. Because you can't be judged twice on a matter. And that is, what, that, is, that is what the accuser of the brethren wants you to get to. Hallelujah. And that's the reason why God gave you forgiveness as a gift. Because if it has to do with what you do, amen, you can never be perfect. Acts chapter 26, quickly. He gave us forgiveness as a gift. Acts 26. Let's see verse 18 quickly. Acts 26. This was Paul giving his ministry mandate. He said God told him he should go and preach the gospel so that he would do what? To open their eyes, the eyes of the Jews and the Gentiles and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they might do what? Come on, that they might do what? Did he say that they might ask for? Did he say they might ask for? No. He said that they might receive. What do you receive? What has been given. You receive. So when a person says, I, I, want, to, I want to get born again, what is he coming to do? He's coming to receive the forgiveness that is in Christ. That God has given. Now, how many times will God give forgiveness? Hallelujah. He gives forgiveness just once. Or rather, he gave it in Christ. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. He says, in whom we have redemption. In his blood. Even the forgiveness we have it. We have redemption in his blood. Even the forgiveness of sin. So God says he has given you the free gift of forgiveness. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Let's see somewhere else where Paul. No, sorry. Not Paul. Peter. When Peter was preaching. Acts chapter 5 verse 29. Acts 5 verse 29. Uh, Praise God. Look at it. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than obey man. 
the God of our fathers, look at his testimony. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince, to be a savior. Who exalted him? Come on, who exalted him? Was it because of what you did? No. God chose to exalt himself, okay, for to do what? To give repentance to Israel and give what? Oh, glory to God. Did you see that? He gave us. He gave us. So through the death of Jesus, God gave us. We didn't ask for it. One says, oh, if ask God to forgive you now, start counting, I mean, all your sins, you know, <laughs> I remember in 1982, I, was, I went to a church, you know, I, I was in a church in 1982, and the, the minister was preaching, you know, made the altar call, and then for, for over 30 minutes, those that wanted to get born again, they nailed them down. And so people were talking to them. You know, they were talking to them. So you start confessing all your sins. Confess all your sins. All your, so, so, so the people were trying to remember all their sins that they have committed. God never asked you to, for, to ask for forgiveness. Did you hear what I said? God never asked us. I'm in Romans chapter 8. How do you get born again? He said, for if thou shalt what? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be what? You shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto salvation. And, um, is that it? Unto righteousness. For, and with the mouth confession is made unto. What are you confessing? The Lordship of Jesus. Verse 13. If you shall call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Like the story Brother Higgin gave about one notorious man in one, in one town. And you know, and said, the man, everybody, anytime that man came to church, he would just, just disrupt the church service. So that day he came to church, you know, and the preacher preached. Said, well, said, if you shall call, on, and, 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 and I quoted that scripture. If you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And so when it was time for that, the man just stood up and came to the front. Everybody thought he was coming to, 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 to disrupt the service again. He just got up and came to the front and shouted Jesus three times. Jesus! 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 He said, okay, I'm saved. Then the man called him, the pastor called him, come, 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 come. No, no, that's not how to get saved. You have to say, you have to, you have to pray, you have to say this after me. Said, no, no, it's a man, preacher, are you not the one that quoted Romans chapter 10 verse 13, that if I call on the name of the Lord, that I shall be saved? He said, yes, yes, so I have called on the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I called him, in fact, I called him three times. <laughs> so I'm triple saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Higgins said, that man had more faith in the word than the, the, than the preacher himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he said, the man became the finest Christian in that town. What did he receive? He received the forgiveness of sins. And that, so, 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 so that explains to what that first John chapter 1 verse 9, that we rearranged that Sunday, two Sundays ago. And we said, if thou shalt confess, what will you confess? Hallelujah. You confess what he has done. You confess what he has done. 
He said, confess that I believe in her. God raised him from the dead. What's that? What he has done. What Jesus did was what brought us salvation in the first place. Never can never be what you do. I said, no, you didn't, you didn't confess well. That is the accusation of the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me quickly say this. How does the devil accuse us on a daily basis? John chapter 5. Take note. He said that, where does he bring the accusation in our minds? And what will that, how will that affect us? It will affect our faith. It will affect our confidence before God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, when things are not going on well, you say, ah, okay, ah. you remember in the last three days, you have not had your quiet time. You've not had your quiet time in the last three days. That's, that is the reason why this is happening to you. You have not confessed about divine healing in the last five weeks. That's the reason why your child is sick. You remember how you were angry with that your colleague and you blasted that your colleague and spoke all kinds of rubbish and you sinned. That's the reason why you did not get your promotion. <laughs> Hallelujah. How does the devil do it? In John chapter 5 verse 45. We've, we've seen that scripture before. Let's look at it again. John chapter 5. Because the Bible says that the accuser has been cast down. How will, how will that become a reality in our lives? So that uh, it will be on, we will be unhindered in our fellowship with our father. Do you know that when we say that sin is no longer a barrier between us and God. You know many people find, still find it difficult to swallow. He said he does not count it. Oh, I saw something in Hebrews chapter 12. So Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Is it verse 11 now? Verse 11 or 12. Where he said that I will know, this is now the new covenant I'm going to make with them. He said, I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness. We, they have unrighteousness. They are unrighteous acts. But what is God's response to your unrighteousness. He didn't say the unrighteousness before they got born again. He said, I will, what is God's response? God's, re, God's response. He said, I am the Lord, I change it not. Isn't it? Isn't it? He said, I will be merciful unto the unrighteousness. So which means that the response of God to your unrighteousness, when, if and when you carry out unrighteous acts, is always mercy. He ne which means he will never, no matter what it is you do. I want to say, ah, no, pastor, you have said that you go and start doing anything. No, you will be stupid to do that. Hallelujah. But you know, the devil uses it as an accusation against us uh, and does not give us the freedom. Like this prodigal son said, I will go to my father. Father, I am not worthy to be your son again. 
So just make me one of your higher servants. So, which means I shouldn't expect much from you. Because I sinned against heaven, I sinned against you. But the father said, shut up your mouth. I'm not even considering that. You are dead, now you are alive. That's what matters the most to me. I will be merciful. Oh, glory to God. I will be merciful. I will be merciful. I will be merciful. Which means that it will no long, it will not, it will not create any barrier between myself and you for me to reach to you. Why? Because uh, the sins of the whole world, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, for he, Jesus was the propitiation, the sacrifice, the atonement uh, for no, our sins, uh, and not only for our sins, uh, but for the sins of the whole world. Has the whole world come to him? Has the whole world come to him? Does the whole world know him? But have their sins been forgiven? That's the, that's the, the simplicity that is in Christ that the devil wants to corrupt your mind. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I said we should open somewhere. John chapter 5 verse 45. John 5 verse 45. Thank you Lord Jesus. I have a father. Almighty father. He is king of kings. Lord of lords. I have a father. Verse 45. Let's read together. One to go. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. This is Jesus speaking. Don't think I will accuse you. Which means that God, who is he that condemned? Yea, it is what? God that what? Justifies. So, so who, when Jesus says that I will not accuse you, he actually meant it. He will never. But there is one that accuses you. We are trying to find out how does the devil accuse, right? There is one that accuses you. What did he say? Even Moses, in whom you trust. So who is Moses? What is Moses? Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31. Let's check um, verse 25. From, let's check from verse 24. Deuteronomy 25. Deuteronomy 31. And it came to pass. When Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book. Until they were finished. Next verse. That Moses commanded the Levites. Moses that was not going to live according to the law. He now commanded them. He commanded the Levites. Which bear the ark of the covenant of the law. Saying, uh-huh. Take this book of the law. Put it inside the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. That what? Let's read that part together. That it may be there for a what? Against you. <laughs> so, what was the purpose of the Lord there? To be a witness against you. Look at, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. He said, for I know your rebellion. That you are a stiff-necked people. While I am yet alive with you this day, you have been rebellious against the Lord. How much more after I die? Was it God that was telling him to say that? It was Moses that was saying that. Moses the lawgiver. Uh-huh. Next verse. He said, gather unto me the elders. 
So that, uh, uh, so that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth. Was it God that told him to say that? Who was calling heaven and earth? Moses. To record against you. Romans chapter 3 verse 19. Romans 3 verse 19. Look at how Paul puts it. Romans 3. So the law is against man. Now we know that what things soever the law says, he says it to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become what? <laughs> so the purpose of the law is to ensure, I mean, is to let you know you are guilty before God. James 2 verse 10, anyone that, that obeys, that walks with, under the law, if he offends in one, he has broken everything. While I was meditating on this, this scripture came, I mean, this came to my mind that a prisoner loses his rights. You know, if somebody is a, let's say, is a, a, a first offender, he has been a very good person all his life or all her life and she murders someone. You know, they won't say, uh, because, you know, you have been very good. In fact, when you weigh all your goodness and all your badness, right? The the, the goodness far outweighs the badness. But this murder, I'm sorry, we cannot. The law says anybody that kills should be put to death or should be imprisoned. And when the person is imprisoned, the prisoner loses rights. No matter how good he may have been all his life. So, because he, he disobeyed one, he killed. He loses the rights. All the other things he had done, none will count for him. He will still be imprisoned. So the law tells us we are guilty. It is a witness against us. Hallelujah. So Jesus says that it is a law that accuses. So where does the devil come in here? Okay, let's check something. Deuteronomy chapter 28. That scripture that a lot of us don't like to read. Except verse 1 to 14. So let's read, let's read from verse 15 for once. <laughs> okay. It shall come to pass. No, 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 no. Look, verse 15, verse 15. I know it's verse, verse 1 to 14 you like. Verse 15. Oh, okay, this is verse 15. And it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you to do this, that all these causes will come upon you and they will overtake you. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Let's read the next verse. <laughs> read the next verse. Read the next verse. Cause shall not be in the city. Cause shall you be in the field. Continue, continue until I tell you to stop. Cause shall be your basket and your store. Someone say, Moye. <laughs> God shall be the fruit of your body the fruit of your land, the increase of your kind the flocks of your sheep uh -huh. God shall you be when you come in God shall you be when you go out the Lord will send you cursing <laughs> vexation and rebuke in all that you let your hand to do until you, you are destroyed until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings whereby thou hast forsaken me that shows you have not read it in a long time he said, the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave to you until he has consumed you from the land 
Whether you, wherever you go to possess it, uh-huh, the Lord will smite you with consumption. The Lord will smite you with a fever. Who has fever here? <laughs> and with an inflammation, with an extreme burning, with the sword, with, with blasting, with mildew, they shall pause. Until you perish. Next verse. The heavens over you will be like brass. The earth under you shall be like iron. Should we continue? <laughs> it's Bible, oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. One translation says, the Lord will smite you with disease upon disease. So when anybody reads that, hallelujah. And he starts to see a semblance of this. He begins to think, I'm under a curse. A lady, after listening to Encounters with Grace on radio, recently sent me a message. Said, Pastor, please, right now my life is in, is in a mess, in a state of serious confusion. I'm about to give up on everything. What was the problem? Marriage. Oh, that we have a history of marital problems in our family. All the women. And so, she begins to recount. You know, their familiar stories. You know, begins to recount. And she says, I don't know, Pastor... Am I under a, a curse? So when you read this, how, how, how will you read this one and not think that? <laughs> but let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, verse 38. Hallelujah. We want to silence the devil today. He's a bastard. Hallelujah. Acts 10 verse 38. Let's read Acts 10 verse 38 together. One to go. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by who? Of the devil. For God was with him. Look at him, verse 16. Quickly. Look at him, verse 16. So, what was Jesus doing? Doing good, healing all oppressed of the devil. Luke 16, ought not this woman? They came to challenge woman, came to challenge Jesus. Why should you heal on the Sabbath day? People were so concerned about keeping the Sabbath. Then they were so he, 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 they were they were so the, the, their humanness just left them. Somebody is suffering. You are saying Sabbath day. He said, Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Whom Satan 
has what? Bound. Lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. So, who is the oppressor? Come on, who is the oppressor? Who is the oppressor? Who is the healer? Who brings the sickness? No, 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 no. Are you sure? So, the Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse all those, all those Ogunge, Ogunge. Hallelujah. Is it God that brings the sickness? So, when men are smitten with this sickness, their businesses go down. They are, you know, they are, all, those, all those bad, 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 bad things, you know, happen to them. Hallelujah. Who executes the judgment? Because in the law, there is judgment. Romans chapter 4, verse 15. Please, just listen. Praise God. We are going to walk in the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 4 verse 16. Let's read. Because the law works what? What works wrath? Is it God that works wrath? The word walk means to execute, to carry out. So, in other words, the, 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 the law carries out judgment. Praise God. And we know the devil is the oppressor. So, let's tie it all together. It means the devil uses the law against us and executes the judgment on the, of the law. That's what he, that's what he does. So, when he comes and start opening Deuteronomy 28, have you noticed that those who are given to so much of the law, when you expose yourself to the law, I mean, you read, you read Deuteronomy 28, you frowned at it. Why? Because when you expose yourself long enough to the law, you will start feeling guilty. Why? Because the Lord is the purpose of the law so that all of us may feel guilty to bring us under condemnation. So, the devil now comes and sneaks in and deceives you and corrupts your mind. That say, ah, I lost my, I lost my, I lost my, 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 I lost my job one month ago. God, why me? We start asking, God, why me? God, she said, okay, see, because I did not fast like that lady. She said, she, 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 she has fasted. She has fasted. Why were you fasting? I asked her. Listen, when the devil starts to rain those verbal accusations to you, it might even be through church. You see, you know, it can, it can be through a preacher. The preacher says, you know, um, today, you know, the fire has left the church. Today, we are bringing the fire to go, to church, back to the church, to church. You know, all of you are tomato Christians. All of you, you know, I 
And then people start to cry. And feel sober. And feel, oh Lord, I'm not worthy. Oh Lord, I'm not, oh God. Oh, have mercy on me. He had his mercy on you in Jesus. What is happening there? You call it repentance. Meanwhile, what you are responding to is the accusations, the verbal assaults of the devil. Let me tell you, crying is not repentance. I hope you know that. Let me show you. Hebrews chapter 12. I said today we are going to do a lot of Bible. Right? So don't be a... Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12. You sure you know that crying is not a... Yeah. Uh, 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 let's check. Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible talks about this man. What's his name? Oh, Esau. 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 And I'll close with that. Praise God. Esau. <laughs> Esau. His name is called Esau. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, look intelligently, verse 15. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any man do what? Fail of the grace of God. In other words, you do not take advantage of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Let's read verse 17 together. One to go. Please, I want to hear you. One to go. For he knew how afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was what? Uh-huh. For he found no place of what? Even though with what? He sought it with tears. He cried, but no repentance came. So when the devil accuses you, you can cry here and cry and cry and say, oh Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I mean, people wanted to get born again and for 30 minutes, for more than 30 minutes, they were crying. They thinking that if you have to cry, 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 cry. That's to make you feel, yes, you are. this is true repentance. True repentance is not crying. You can cry, but that is not what true repentance is. What is true repentance? Quickly, let's quickly check it and I'm going to close there. We've got to deal with the accusation. You see, never at any time, you will never at any time allow the devil to accuse you against your father. No, 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 no. Because sin, see, your business between you and the father does not concern the devil. If I sin, I sin against my father. And the Bible says that what did he do? He justifies me. So, If you say, ah, let, let me, let me, just, let, I have to, oh, Father, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't just stop at, I'm so sorry. That is not repentance. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse uh, 24. We'll close there. What is true repentance? I will pick, from, pick up from them on, uh, on Wednesday. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. Apt to teach, patience, uh -huh. in meekness, 
let's read this. Let's all read. You know, somebody just like, let's just read it together. So you know that you are reading the right thing. Uh -huh. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Stop there. Oppose that is you are against yourself. You know when you are when you are when you are in sin, you are actually against yourself. Yeah, you are against the nature of God in you. That's why he said that my little children don't sin. Tell your neighbor don't sin. That's not your nature. So you are opposing yourself when you sin. You are opening the door. See, that's why we say that sin opens the door to the devil. So when you find that things happening against you, it's never God. God is never against you. Look at it. Let's read. Want to go? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Uh-huh. If God if God peradventure, uh-huh, will do what? What will God do? So what does God do with repentance? Where does repentance come from? Come on. Where does repentance come from? Repentance doesn't come from you. He said he gives repentance. How does he give repentance? To the acknowledging of the truth. You can cry. If you don't acknowledge the truth, you have not repented. If you acknowledge the truth and you don't cry, you have repented. So repentance is what? Acknowledging the truth. What is the truth? Who is he that condemneth? Yea, it is God that justified. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why if a believer sins, don't, don't just cry. Don't just say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me say the sorry 100 times. Like the teacher who tells his, his, his student to write, you know, who, how many of you did that exam? You know, write, I am sorry, you know, 1,000 times. That's not God. Hallelujah. What does he want you to do? To acknowledge the truth. What is the truth? What Jesus has done. When a believer sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Acknowledge what God has done in Christ Jesus. That is what is going to empower you next time against sin. Not your willpower. Keep acknowledging the truth. The Bible says, Philemon verse 6, Mm -hmm. the communication of your faith will become effective when you do what? Acknowledge everything that you have in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, I have forgiveness. In Christ Jesus, I have justification. In Christ Jesus, I have been declared not guilty. In Christ Jesus, I have been declared holy. In Christ Jesus, I have been declared faultless. In Christ Jesus, I have been presented blameless before the Father. Oh, no one will be able to pluck me from my Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Because the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I have redemption. Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion 
over me because I am not under the law. I am now under grace. The grace of God empowers me. It has appeared unto me. Oh, and he's commanding me. Hallelujah. That as you run away from the appearance of sin, it does not have dominion over me. I am on top. I am prevailing. Thank you, Father, because the consequence of sin has been abolished in my life. So when you feel sick in your body and the devil comes and tells you, well, it's because you have not lived right. That's the reason why you are sinning. You tell him, devil, shut up. The punishment for sin has been destroyed. Oh, he has been punished on Jesus. I've been redeemed and forgiven once and for all. And so I come under the covering of the blood. So sickness and disease, get out of my body in the name of Jesus. Do you know Jesus healed sinners even though they still told him crucify him? He didn't mind. If God can be kind to the unjust, how much more to his children? So don't let him accuse you. Don't let him rain verbal assaults on you. Don't let him say, oh, you know, the family that you come from is a bad family. You know, your father, your forefather was an Ifa priest, was an Ogun worshiper. So, all the bad, 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 bad things that they did, they are now coming to the third and fourth generation. Say, no, now are ye in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Now all things have become new. I am now a member of the family of God. I am of the citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. So, therefore, Satan bites the dusts. Are you listening to me, somebody? The consequence of sin, Jesus has borne. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad about that? Why do you want the hard way? What's the hard way? Keep the law and get a reward. Sorry, you can't keep it. Romans 10 verse 4. Stand to your feet. Or else we'll close at 12. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 4, what did Christ do? If for Christ, thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad about that? Shout it out loud. Romans 10, verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law. Christ is the fulfillment of law. Lift up your hands and thank him. Yourself and your husband may have fought last night. You can still come to your father. Make up with your Make up with your spouse because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. But you know, it doesn't stop your father from blessing you. Jesus said, The prince of this world cometh and he found nothing in me. It is only the incomplete knowledge of the believer that deceives him. 
Now you are coming to knowledge. What do you want to ask God right now? He said, we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may what? Obtain mercy. We that did not obtain mercy, we have now obtained mercy. Bow down your head. Ask him with boldness. The prodigal son. Hallelujah. Who was the one that judged the prodigal son? Who was the one that condemned the prodigal son? The church. Church members. Brothers. It was men that condemned him. But the father justified him. Go ahead and thank him.